and welcome to the Recommendation Game, a film week podcast where we take turns to recommend a film the other has not seen. We watch it and then we meet to discuss it. You're listening to Dublin Digital Radio. I am Orla McNeilis. And I'm Ricardo Deacon. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> this is your little Ricardo Deacon. <laughs> you are Ethan Hawke. <laughs> uh, this week's film is Rolling Thunder from 1977. And I would recommend you all go up and look at the poster because it's amazing. (laughs) Um, And the synopsis is, A Vietnam veteran who returns home after years in a prisoner of war camp, Major Charles Rain, is treated as a hero, but his family proves to be distant. When thugs invade his home and steal silver coins that Rain received for his service, they mangle his hand and leave him, his son, (laughs) him, his wife and son for dead. Rain survives and becomes obsessed with getting revenge. Aided by his loyal friend, Johnny Voden, Rain, now wielding a hook for a hand, sets out on a mission of vengeance. So this week's film was put by Ricardo. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> and the... Uh, the oh, shit, the sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm so... Like, I'm mishopping the paper. Uh, it's a digital world, Orla. <laughs> I fucking refuse to adjust. Uh, it was directed by John Flynn, produced by Norman T. Herman, written by Paul Schrader and Haywood Gould, 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 and Haywood Gould, story by Paul Schrader, starring William Devane, Tommy Lee Jones, Linda Haynes, James Best, Dabney Coleman, and Luke Askew. That's an interesting name. Barry DeVorzon. Cinematography by Jordan Cronenworth. Yeah. And edited by Frank P. Keller. So this week's film was picked by Ricardo. It was indeed. Ricardo, why did you pick this movie from the 1970s? <laughs> well, for one, it's a 70s film, and I, I know that you like uh, that kind of film. It, it's it's also era. one of those films that were absolutely destroyed both by critics and it was a huge failure uh, when oh, really? on release. And uh, it pretty much killed William Devane's career as a leading actor. I did wonder about him, because I was like, I know him, but... Like it, 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 and it also ruined the director's career. Like, uh, like he's had uh, some, some cast, like some other role, some other films that he directed, but nothing of like this kind of profile. Yeah. Uh, uh, so like it's kind of sad when that happens. Mm. Uh, in a way, though, like it's, it's quite the, early enough in his career as well. Yeah, I think the uh, the problem also is that the the film was completely misunderstood. Uh, I think one of the reasons that I picked the movie is that I think that the acting is absolutely brilliant and something that the screenplay, like Paul Schrader wrote this at the same time that he did Taxi Driver because yeah. it was like on, he he goes, oh, I got my like foot in the door. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to write as many scripts as I can because I don't know how long I'm, I'm going to be yeah, able to be the, in there. The in the of... end, he's had like a, a great career. Mm. But also is the, I think that at the time that the movie came out, this is, the, the, the all the Hollywood uh, dealings with Vietnam. This is one of the first coming home films mm. that they did. Uh, not only, and the way that it it's very pertinent to the era. It hasn't aged badly because it's so knowable of what it was actually co- like. Like, and I think that uh, William Devane's performance was accused of being like flat, and I think that it so amazing how much rage he just holds inside in this like tiny if, tiny body it feels like he's about to burst at 
every moment and you mm. don't know when the violence is gonna come out and also the way like subtle moments like Tommy Lee Jones is one of his first roles and he's, he's amazing so and little baby Tommy Lee Jones he's so handsome yeah like I still fancy he's Tommy so Lee fucking Jones. big as well like oh God, he's yeah. massive but he's so handsome. but the thing is like the moment that he's in the in the end of the movie like I'm jumping around here. But in the, the end of the movie that he's in the whorehouse uh, waiting for the shootout to begin. And when he re- hears... This is great. He hears the the knocking of the gun that is like the... The, the signal. The signal mm. that he smiles because it's the, the first time since he's come back that it feels like, okay, I'm alive again. Yeah. Because... He's been a when, zombie. Yeah, because as well, it's something that uh, very few films deal with properly with when it comes to veterans coming home is the addiction to the actual action yeah that a lot of movies including like born on the 4th of july that we did as well that deal with the horror of war or whatever but also Not like part effort. of it is the addiction of nothing else can give you the emotion it kind of reminds me sorry um before I get, you know i can share luck yeah whenever like sherlock goes to to watson it's like you miss it you yeah know what i mean like you've been we've been walking around like you know running around london and you haven't needed your cane once well, because you missed this like i think that the uh catherine uh catherine uh, bigelow uh, mm. uh referred this as inspiration for the hurt locker the whole idea of addiction as part of war and stuff. Yeah. in the same way as uh rain says that he the way to beat the torture is to love the torture and that scene when so the, the his Jesus wife's boyfriend Christ. starts torturing him uh doing just, the rope he's just screaming at him and uh, uh william devane's character is also uh uh very much inspired by uh by john mccain Really? Yeah, yeah, because it's like the idea of coming back. Like even the torture that he received is the same torture that John McCain received. That's why he can't raise his yeah, arms yeah. above. Like I didn't his, know that. He it's like so fucked up that like he gets targeted now. Like as yeah, whatever you think of like John a, McCain, like and uh, well, like like part of that is it was also like that this movie really shows why America like was always gonna have a Donald Trump eventually. Mm. Because it's a misunderstanding of what America is. Yeah. I think this movie understands America in a way. Like it has a very good sense of place and their people. And it's not judgmental of their people. It's more the, it's the, the simplicity of a life that you're sold on the idea of patriotism. The whole, the whole, that it's, yeah, and the whole idea of, of Vietnam. and Yeah, yeah. The, it's like oh, even when you're against the government, you should be for the troops. And it's mm-hmm. like if, if the troops are the people fucking doing melee and all these fucking massacres. And it's very apt also that the movie's called Rolling Thunder. That is, and he was shot down just like McCain was shot down during Operation Rolling Thunder. That mm-hmm. is when they dropped as many bombs as the entirety of all the countries put together including the atomic bombs in tonnage of bombs in a neutral country in Cambodia. Cambodia was not involved in the war, mm. but they wanted to like bomb out the, the, the parts that the Viet Cong were using mm. to, to supply the South Vietnam. When they weren't trying to like uh, manipulate the weather. Yeah. So like, it's kind of, uh, and fucking agent orange and yeah. all this other shit. So I think it's, also uh, a kind of clear just by the title it's showing that these people weren't heroes even like they were doing a job Mm. and following orders in a way but at the end of the day is that they did this for nothing and also considering the vietnam ended in the way that it ended just like four years before this movie came out 
it's kind of like interesting the the aftermath that even hollywood and critics even people that were pacifists couldn't deal with the truth of what happened yet mm. that this movie came out and they're like oh why is it so cynical and terrible and it's like no it's a film that shows you like for one like love for characters and and people and how much of it is destroyed not only by going to war but also coming back and also the people that are left behind that is like his son is as much as a casualty of that war as he is that scene is so sad Uh, like with the flag jesus the movie is incredibly melancholic and Mm. also uh just as an aside this movie kicked the shit out of me when i watched it the first time because i thought that it was the helicopter attack movie that uh that rob schneider is in (laughs) so like i watched it like an easy mistake to make 11 a night i think that the other movie has the the name doesn't really prepare you to be fair i think it's the title of the other movie is called like black thunder or something that is the name of the helicopter yeah so i thought oh it's gonna be this and then it's like it this is very no. much not that uh, i i really like 70s revenge movies because i really like uh, we've discussed this before i really like uh genre movies that are able to uh go beyond else, yeah. what the genre is and it's really uh, the other criticism that they had was that the movie is what like an hour and 45 minutes and there's yeah. only really 10 minutes of action the, the rest is just a build-up and it's so melancholic throughout and mm. it, it has a very good female character as well that is very rare for this kind of movie and she doesn't at the start you don't think she's gonna be good yeah because at the start i was like Ugh. like when she drops the tray and everything yeah. and you're like Ugh. but she is there's like red flags in the beginning and yeah. then it, it just goes i wrote goes that down and i was like oh dear and then like but even like the wife's character she's given so much depth and also like that their relationship their when he's back is, it's so good scene is so sad uh, yeah like, like it, she's really piling on there a little aren't you like like one of the scenes that like has been slated is when uh just after the family gets killed uh, uh tommy lee jones goes to visit william devane in the in the hospital oh yeah and they sit together and they have nothing to talk about yeah and it's oh it's awkward yeah yeah. yeah. it reminded me of is it born the fourth of july where they sit outside yeah but like in born the fourth of july they're like having a laugh and stuff and reminiscing uh shit it's like sad for other reasons it's kind of like it's sad for the life that they're not gonna have anymore because there were these people and now no matter how much you try you're never gonna be able to erase what happened what happened and one has the headaches like the like the the enemy is inside his head now and the other uh, has half his body is gone yeah so like uh but i thought that like in a way it's so fucking horrible also that like he survived five years in a prison camp and it took him two weeks back in america to become physically mangled Mm. like the the oh god the thing where they put us i was like no oh yeah it, it is a very tough watch oh, i think that the, Jesus. the other reason that i picked it was because i know you're a cinematographer and i think that this movie oh is as soon as i saw so as soon as well i saw shot. jeff cronenworth i was like uh-huh uh-huh the, it's ahead of its time how dark the movie is and how oh, silhouetted god. it Jesus, is and like everything. those that scene with his son is so beautifully shot and then afterwards like with his wife yeah it looks amazing like it's not i mean god the color in this is incredible i think that the tone of this movie is something that i have no idea how they managed to keep the perfect tone that is not too 
like it's melancholic and oppressive in the feeling that watching this movie yeah. gives me. Even the way oh, how they portray Mexico, how shitty Willie Domain is when he goes to Mexico and everything. That everybody is kind of good people that have been turned bad by situations. Even though the way how the copper goes above the lot as well to mm. do. It. Also, I wanted to pick a movie that has a character name called automatic slim it's like how the fuck did he get that name and like when the, the there's a story there yeah like uh roger eber used to go like sometimes the like not the case of this movie but he goes like sometimes the name of a character is more interesting than anything in the movie and i wish <laughs> that they just tell me what what happened and uh, or the name of the people who made the movie <laughs> and obviously this movie can never escape being linked to uh to Taxi Driver because they're both two films about uh, veterans mm. written by Paul Schrader. Uh, I think that this I prefer this movie somehow. They both end up in a shootout <laughs> in <laughs> yeah. a brothel. Uh, very gory, both of them. Uh, but I think this movie does something that... It's a bit more human, I think. Yeah, like I think that... Uh, it feels like that he learned what he wrote in Taxi Driver. Don't get me wrong, I still love Taxi mm. Driver. Oh, but but even like the soundtrack of this really reminded me of something and I couldn't work out what it was and I don't know if it was just the 70s well, like, or the song <laughs> the guy singing the song and the song lyrics it's very much John Denver it sounds yeah, like yeah I uh, thought it was I was like hold it, on it sounds exactly like a mountain uh, 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 what was it ah Colorado mountain Rocky High or and it's so like as soon as the movie starts uh like i always get this feeling that it's like uh i'm in good hands like just the way of the people that he picks out in the shots and the awkwardness right, yeah. I, of the the, of the whole the presentation they're like prisoners of war welcome <laughs> like and, so dark and even like the, the his speech that it's like as soon as it goes that it's like perfectly per- good words to say at that moment but, but it's so did empty Insincere, of a human yeah. being in there and even the way that he uh he goes to the yeah my wife can leave with this guy because it's not her fault i'm the one that got caught in the war or whatever but yeah. i just don't want to lose my son and it's almost like that it's his tether to humanity yeah this and then boy. once that's gone like there's nothing there's nothing there that even and i love as well that it doesn't walk it back that he doesn't fall in love with the waitress and suddenly become like the better man that he is and gets himself in a situation that is like, it's too late, we'll deal with this mm. and then uh, we'll have a normal life. Because he's not an honorable guy yeah. anymore. Like he's, that's gone. It's kind of as well that he leaves her behind because he realizes as well that he was just going with, with her to the same way that he had the, his son before that is just like the idea of her trying to suck might, the life out of them <laughs> yeah that yeah. might be that like a vampire trying to yeah. like Bring have a back. normal life through them and he realizes no it's killing and then i love that the movie doesn't even fucking the credits start rolling before they leave because there's yeah. no future that like after that yeah, it's, it's like over. it doesn't matter if they live or die or over. get captured or go to jail or whatever they did the they found meaning whatever fucked up meaning it is and i think that the structure of the shootout is absolutely brilliant it's a really good uh, sh- uh action scene because the sense of geography of yeah where i was gonna say the, are, the actual place is really because it doesn't just feel like random you know what i mean like the way they cover it and everything is quite and also how it, <clears throat> it's pure good filmmaking how like uh, guides him in the in the 
place they're not suddenly there so you know where the entrance is yeah. you know where the bar is you know where the staircase is you know where the, his room is you know where that room is so it gives the uh, a set, uh, so like somebody was criticizing Ronan the car chase and Ronan the, the John Frankenheimer movie yeah and saying that comparing it to something like The Rock the movie with uh, Nicolas Cage welcome and to The Rock <laughs> welcome to The Rock let me slap you uh, slap uh, the the problem is that <clears throat> you don't feel the thrills in that movie because the camera is always in the front in front of the car, so you don't see what the danger is mm. until the car already passed the danger. Because if there's a car coming across, you only see it when it's just there in the car. Yeah, already, the you already avoid miss, it. Yeah. Well, if you're having the narrow miss that is like exciting, is when you know that like you it's see that there's like oh my god, like, ah, how is it gonna go through it? And I think with shootouts, are, it's the same. Is mm. when you know that it's okay. They had to go through the stairs. It's a bottleneck. How they're going to get through it. Because like mm. you know that they're always going to have to come down to fight your man. And I think as well it's very messy. It's not Hollywood. Yeah. It's still that it, even no, they are like going ho kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, that's the shotgun killing as well. It's so brutal. But like, uh, yeah, like uh, without further ado, uh, what did you think of Rolling Thunder? <laughs> oh... <laughs> And I want to say just at the beginning that this is not I, revenge. This is not revenge. I swear to Christ. Um, yeah. Uh, this movie is a fucking mess. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. I think, like, to be fair, it suffers kind of from a very particular problem, and I was expecting something else from it. I think. Um, and it didn't, it wasn't that. And so part of it is kind of what I, you know, brought to it or whatever, but. What were you expecting? Oh, uh, I'm getting to that. Like okay. in the opening scene, like I thought I was, I was getting it. So it's like, you know, the dark examination of what it's like to come back from, you know, war, but you're never really left it. And I think that like the opening kind of third of it gets that completely. Uh, and I think what you said is, is true. And like, um, but I, I don't think that's why, I think that's probably part of the reason why this movie bombed. But the other part of it is that this movie doesn't know what it is. Like you, you're saying about tone. Um, like the melancholy tone I really liked. I liked how dark it is. It's a very grim movie. But I mean, it has an identity crisis, like f- for me. Like, you know, it, it opens with these two characters and like it's, there's a real focus on Tommy Lee Jones. Um, so I, in my head, I kind of had the idea that it was going to be, you were going to get the two characters and, you know, cause there's so much focus on Tommy Lee Jones and how broken he is at the very, very start. And then it goes back to your man's house and that scene with his kid and his wife. It's so good. It's so brutal. It's so sad. And I was just waiting for what's Tommy Lee Jones doing. And we never go there. And I'm like, why is Tommy Lee Jones in this film? So, you know, we're, we're, we're following, um, we're following uh what's his actual name charlie charlie charles right yeah. yeah charlie so we're following him and it's like interesting um and then the real the real turning point for me uh when this turned into john wick was the robbery which is a like such a strange scene like i'm watching it and i'm going who are these people why are they robbing this what and it's over and they're dead and it was like what and then he's like in the hospital and it's like it's and it's like all this like character all this character development of creating this incredibly damaged man and he's so good and it's such a good performance and then he's like in the hospital and then it's just like 
oh my god, I, you know, I, he has a hook for a hand. It's ridiculous. But that's uh, that's like, what, they, uh, for in fairness, if he had come back from the war, anyways, let's say uh, inter- that's why you 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 would get probably, like that's the prosthetic of the probably, time. Probably, but it looks ridiculous. Ridiculous. But that's what the prosthetic is. That's uh, no, sorry know, if it looks ridiculous. You it can't feels... criticize the film for that. Like uh, if they if they're gonna go with that, like well, it would have been more ridiculous, especially at the time. It is yeah. what it is. Like it's just that nowadays oh, you okay. uh, you have this okay. idea of okay. the hands that, or whatever. I know that it's all that's only kind of one one side of it. But he's just then he's just a machine, and the idea from the built up rage or whatever he's just kind of wandering around and he's got this woman on tow and you kind of know that he's going to find them and kill them and then so the second two thirds of the film I was just like where's Tommy Lee Jones at and then he finally comes back and you're like okay and the shootout's quite cool and then it ended and I was like huh right and then <laughs> Eileen came in for like the last 10 minutes and it, she was like what the fuck is this and I was like he's coming <laughs> I hear this enough and she's like all right what and I was like yeah so now they're now they're gonna kill this guy it's like right and it ended and I was like that really really wasn't where I thought that movie was going I, you but didn't know that it was a revenge thriller before no, watching No, and like, it. I have no problem with revenge thrillers at all, particularly within uh, within the 70s. And like, I love Taxi Driver. Taxi Driver is a mile and a half above this film. I, I, I don't understand why you think this is better like I, I was just all i was thinking was like no, i think why? That i like it more it, okay. it might be the like i think that this is shot amazingly oh but it is well, oh, hands, but at the same time martin scorsese is peerless compared to, to yeah like compared to this uh director i do have like an issue with the movie that i was gonna get to eventually as well okay. i don't think it's a perfect movie but i think what you're mentioning, just so I can tackle a few of the things. Are you? Is it okay if I tackle uh, one or a couple of things there, or do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh, yeah. Just yeah. The, when it comes to the um, uh, what Paul Schrader ta- said about uh, and William Devane actually in the way that he portrayed the character about the the change and why like it's still an interesting portrayal and a use of the genre concept of a revenge thriller to portray what's in his mind let's say yeah is that in no other way it would have been uh, able to have a violent kind of end to the movie without that it is completely unnecessary for him to be there you know what i mean as in that for have a violent movie that is besides the point that like let's say he ends up in Mexico because his wife and kid got run over by a car or something and then there's a shootout in the whorehouse or whatever it's yeah. kind of that he brought it uh, it's kind of even though he's reacting to the situation with the violence yeah. is that he literally he orchestrates brought himself to the whorehouse yeah. yeah and his friend as well and he's probably I, gonna die and the moment that uh, a Vietnam vet said that it is like the most honest moment in any film about Vietnam afterwards and why Tommy Lee Jones is saved until the end like uh, not shown that much mm. is that you show him in the his home life or whatever and 
there's a really weird cut as well i can't remember what comes before where it's just like boom and he's in that house yeah. it's weird it doesn't it was just and jarring. then he goes oh do you mind folks if i talk to to him for for a couple minutes and he explain. he just goes i found them there in mexico and tommy Lee Jones just goes i'll get my stuff yeah no explanation of, of what they're gonna do how they're gonna mm. do it if there's a chance of survival it's a suicide mission or whatever it's just i need so- to do something yeah something there it is and i think that it is also the film kind of meanders but the same way as like the emotion of losing that it's um the, the way the uh, in a way of killing the son and the uh, and the wife is in thematically in the same way of losing his limb after he comes home mm. the a, a place that they could have left let's say or anything else could have happened let's say if you're doing like that drama story that you thought the film was in the beginning i know it's- the thing i think maybe i'm not like i think like them being killed like that it could have worked completely like i think this film could have worked with its current sort of idea but it's it's the execution of it that's just bizarre. Like that 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 robbery scene is so strange. It's like, oh, like I think it's, it's flippant. It's bizarre. I, I like, think it's, that it's meant to be as kind of nonchalantly kind of because the movie I, I in think, itself is I not. I think actually to be fair, part of the reason is that none of the people the robbers are good actors at all. It's not good. Oh yeah, like uh, no. that that was something that I was gonna. Uh, yeah, they're not address. good bodies. Like I think that they're like bad character like straight out of central casting kind of like yeah, bodies kind of thing not, it's not great uh but i think that the like the execution in itself of the logistics of the robbery i think uh work because it feels as shocking as because it comes out of nowhere as a robbery like that would happen especially when strangers break into your house yeah it's like there's no foreboding in real life yeah. If somebody comes in with a gun and you don't know them, it's not like somebody that you know that you talked about, like, like you know he's a bit dodgy and you go like, oh, I have all these silver coins or whatever. <laughs> and then he comes in, it's like in yeah. your head, you go like, well, oh, maybe I shouldn't have fucking told him about the silver <laughs> coins. But when it's like you just come in like from whatever and people are there, it feels as out of place as it feels in this movie. And I think it is very uncomfortable as a scene. Both in the way that it's the only scene in the movie that is shot with uh, the lenses that they shoot in that scene and also with Mm. the lighting that they use. And it makes you feel like really quizzical, almost like the and the way also that, you know, quizzy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the first time that I watched (laughs) it, it really shocked me because I knew that like I didn't know where the film was going. I thought that I was watching a different film. So like I had the same experience as you in the sense and a but different take from that experience, let's say. Yeah. That I I, I was taken away by it, like uh, the the when that was happening, I was like, oh shit, he's never gonna talk, because like they don't know mm. what he went through. That he doesn't give a shit about torture or whatever. Like so, when they they start fucking putting the the blades in, I was like, oh fuck, he's not gonna talk. And then when the kid, the family shows up, I'm like, oh fuck, now it's like pointless not only pointless is kind of i don't know what he's gonna do like even like in the end he says it and they kill them like for Mm. no witnesses you know he tells them where it is to save the kids or whatever but still 
kills the the mm. wife and, and son. But I, at a moment, uh, it's like the character is so interesting in that time that I, at the moment I didn't know even in that if he would leave his son and ki- uh, his son and wife get shot just out of principle. I never thought that was gonna happen. Like I thought it, uh, for a little moment, just because it's like I can take any fr- like his mindset that is like after all of that torture that he endured, mm. that it's like it doesn't matter. Like he went because the movie does make the point of doing the flashbacks that he's back in that mode when that's happening. I didn't like the flashbacks. <clears throat> I, I think th- flashbacks feel cheap to me, and there's so much of them in this, and it's like I don't. It's all in his face. Yeah. I don't need it. You know, and it keeps... I, I do think it, it, like, regardless of what you were taking in the movie, I, I think that it's, like, fucking crime that people thought that William Devane was shit in this movie. Like, oh, he's no, so he's good not. Definitely not. Like, I, I just think that they, he's misused in the final part of it. Like, um, It's so strange, though, because he, he both, like... In he the, is a weird-looking man. In the movie that he plays JFK, he looks, like, without makeup, like JFK. And in oh, this movie, yeah. he looks like John McKay. It's the hair, I'm I think, still, the way of doing I'm the... still getting a little bit of JFK, though, I think. I think he's, he is, it's the body type, you yeah. know what I mean? Whereas, I love his voice as well. Like, yeah. even when he's in the, he was in the West Wing his as well. His mouth like, is so weird. Who is he in the West uh, Wing? He's like a senator or something that is blocking the... Oh. Uh, blocking something in the... Gotta Josh comes in, that. Like, oh, my God. And he's doing, like, a Jack Nicholson impression in yeah. that. And it's a, like, apparently great. Like, he, he turned into, like, a character actor. He is very is Jack great. Nicholson, actually. Because at the start, I was like, I was like, oh, no. Especially when he's, like, sitting talking to your one. He has that, that kind of, like, 70s sort of pause that that Jack Nicholson had whenever he was speaking and like their their like their faces are very very similar real intensity as well like. yeah 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 no totally what they're talking they're reminiscing about something that they like uh, their first date or something was like a cheesecake or something that they had before he left yeah at, at some point and it's like so touching and dark that's it i was like oh yeah. my like this movie makes me feel so uncomfortable watching it in a good way that i was like uh, yeah i just wish i just held on to that for me like uh, and i love how <laughs> b movie like i know that we're not ever gonna agree but no. i love how it, it, it still turns into somehow like a sam peck and pasta or kind of it's john wick like this movie is John Wick because <laughs> literally as soon as this, the robber showed up I was like Arr! and then like literally and I was like right well I know this is going to end up with a shootout in a hotel and it did <laughs> so the like, time where he hooks your man's hand into oh, the table yeah, is yeah. so Ooh. fucking badass actually that's another thing the side thing of your man going to find them is like what that, that, that was the the, 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 the big issue that I had totally it feels like uh, try like in a movie that's had 15 minutes to cut that it could have been a 90 minute film it's, so it's not a 90 minute movie that you needed an extra 15 minutes let's no. play your man because even the shootout in the abandoned house like there's no geography it's like it's... why are they all there prepared to shoot him because so he's just chasing your man out of nowhere that I is think like... they just wanted to have like they found that location or something and they're like this is cool it's like it's so strange like yeah because that that was kind of my major takeaway of this is that it felt like something that like they ran out of money or like the whole film or that that studio interfered or something it felt like something went wrong that the movie kind of had to be pasted together and that's why it feels so uh, there's a, disjointed at points there they like the only part that it was kind of uh the they fucked them over a bit was when they uh were 
shooting the airplane coming in. The reason that they come in in the private jet is the Air Force absolutely fucking refused to give them any planes or whatever. Because it was a negative movie about the, yeah. Oh, they'll help you when it's positive. (laughs) Yeah. But like, I love, like, as an aside, talking about the beginning and the ending, I really like that song. Oh, really? It wasn't the Actually, what was funny about it was that with all the faces and everything, it made me think of that Coke ad. Yeah. (laughs) I'd like to buy the world a Coke. Fucking Don Don Draper's there, like, getting ready to to sell, 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 sell. But I think, going back on it, I think that I, I, I might be wrong, but I read somewhere... I think it might be one of those things that might be a fabricated memory. Yeah. I'll have to Google it. But maybe it's just like that I'm adding two and two together. Like when you said that. But I, I remember John Hamm mentioning that he was inspired by Will and Devane's performance to play Don Draper. That sense of like yeah. emptiness of like mm. character that you can p- pretend to but, be a human being. But with being. the extra sheen of but, charm. Yeah. Mm. Like adding that the same way that like fucking christian bell used tom cruise's inspiration for american cycle yeah like he just looked at an interview i think it was with letterman or something so dark but so i i i was actually thinking about that because um obviously tom cruise is in the new mission impossible and uh you know wired have their autocomplete interviews which are usually shockingly bad and uh i just saw the tom cruise one from a while ago and it's him and your man who directed american made i think it's like the two of them talking, but it's Tom Cruise answering the questions. And it's just like, can Tom Cruise fly a plane? Yes, I can fly a plane. And he's just dead. There is nothing well, like, there. Uh, he like, has P-51, like World War Two planes he flies. Like. Oh, yeah. No, like there's no there's no question. Like, because every single one of it, can he rock climb? Can he play guitar? He can do everything. Like, he's a machine. But it's just, there's nothing there. T- talking about that, so it's like, uh, I saw one of the greatest tweets of all time. It's like somebody got, like, they got, like, their dream job or whatever. Yeah. And they go, current mood is, and is the picture's, of Nicole Kidman leaving her oh, lawyer's yeah. office after she signed the divorce. <laughs> I can with finally wear heels again. <laughs> she's kind of like yeah. got like that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it's like... finally over. I'm finally free. Um, yeah. So the 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 side bit with the uh, was that the bit that you didn't think? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. The, the 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 one bit that I liked about that, but it's just like a really cool shot is where mm. the the wooden stalls for the cows and the camera is really high and it's like a maze and he's just like where oh, the fuck yeah, is yeah. thing? Oh no, it's a really cool and it's even it's a good chase as yeah. well even though your man was totally stupid because your man's running along and it's yeah, like yeah, and then you're he hiding just comes out you're like he's hiding like waiting he's not for it. yeah it's like waiting for him to see him it's like, like some fucking shitty like 12 year old playing <laughs> yeah, hide and seek like, like i want the chase um yeah that that in that moment as well i was like this is so memento as well like even whenever he's lying in the bed and like he can't remember and it's the the lying to yourself of memento as well like of you know your reasons for doing something yeah um i do wonder if if any of those movies i mentioned have this as some kind of inspiration like i don't know but um obviously it's like full of revenge movie tropes anyway so but um yeah i just coming back to your one um i was trying what's the name of your one's character Oh um, my! I don't have the sheet. It's yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whose fault is that? You should tell me so I can print them off. But um, yeah, like I I did think she was really good, and it, it surprised me. Like first of all, her face is amazing. Yeah. Like when she's sitting there and he's just like, "Oh, what age are you?" And she's like twenty eight or something or twenty. I remember she's like nearly yeah. thirty or whatever, but like twenty nine. She's I think. like talking about herself and like her eyes. She's like it's such a seventies look, like the feathered hair and everything. And but like just like really... you can I almost imagine her driving around a beaten up station wagon kind yeah. of thing. 
Like, I comp- oh, she's just so good. And like, considering how many 70s movies that we've watched where not only is the character shit, but the actress is shit. Like, we've had a repeat offender. What's her name? Um, uh, what was the... She was in for... Um, as I say, French Connection. Um, the Conversation. She was in The Conversation and... And Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yes, there we go. Um, I know her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's why this is so surprising. I never... Re- I never miss forget the fucking shitty actor. Like, I'll forget about good actors, but the, the shitty ones stay. <laughs> it's like good cinematography. You don't even notice it. Um, yeah, so like, because um, uh, oh God, like when she turns up and she's like explaining to him what a groupie is and everything, and you're just like, and he's like, you know, I thought, you know, you'd you, like, come with me right now. And she's just like, crash and it's like oh that's cool but then it's just like and he's like forcing her to go into the places and everything but i think that it's handled very interestingly how like you can understand why she stays with him because like she very clearly explains that like this is my pattern <laughs> and like just everything she says about like her past relationships and everything i was just like oh lady <laughs> I want to have a beer with you um <laughs> but like um it's the background as well and like the I mean I love any scene where someone where it's like they just pick up a gun you're like they're you're obviously gonna be class with the gun and she is but it, it's the way she does it because she's actually good with a gun yeah. and you totally believe that that girl grew up with a military father even the way that like, she holds the shotgun that is yeah. different to how you, you wear you yeah. hold the rifle it doesn't it's, it's not movie shooting you know yeah. what I mean like because it's the seven it's like it feels very real but um and it's yeah i totally totally buy and also that scene is great the way that she's talking about how yeah. her dad wanted like i like the line that he she goes he wanted a son, son and she got he got three daughters well two daughters and a tomboy yeah like it's <laughs> but also like how she's with him the same reason in a way separate that i thought that it was the how good a portrayal of america it is that mm. she's also addicted to not addicted to that she's so disillusioned with the boredom of like small town mm. living that it's like it's being a woman that at least when you're a man in a small town you can like build your own business you can do mm. whatever that she's like i'm a waitress yeah that's what I'm i have to waitress and it's like literally that way that you can tell that she has so much more in mm. her but it's that kind of little small town that you go to the fucking bank and they're like ah darling yeah. that's so cute oh, you want hon, to open where's your husband yeah, yeah the, the only business that she could open would be like their hairstylist around the corner that, but yeah. the town already has the one Curl that it can like, yeah like there's <laughs> That's that's a runaway bride reference, and, <laughs> and also it's a title in the uh, in the few other films. Uh, mm, oh right, yeah, that yeah. is like uh, cute little hairdressers, yeah, little neighborhood corner, <laughs> the hairdresser around yeah, the corner. Yeah, the fucking uh, <laughs> fucking. Uh, Oh, Richard Gere is a writer for the New York Post, the fascist. In the, okay. Well, with that column, were you surprised? Like, and also the fact oh that it's God. like the, the biggest fucking fires in film history is that he's recognized in the street nonstop in that movie. Like a fucking columnist for the New York fucking yeah. Post. Well, that's He's tr- walking down the street and people are like, hey man, loved your column last week that's, or whatever. That's a trope that they made an entire HBO show around called Sex in the Fucking City. 
reality. And I mean, like, that's another... Yeah, but nobody really recognised this Carrie. No, you know? yeah, they do. Every party they go, she goes to, it's like, you're Carrie Bradshaw. But uh, it's a bit more believable in that, because obviously Sex and City is miles better than fucking Runway Bright. I will not hear anyone talk about how that Sex and City was a bad show. Yes, Sex and the City was a great show. Runaway Bride is a piece of shit movie. I love that movie, though. Um, yeah, so... How do we get on to that? I don't know. Something about the New York Post. Sex and the City. You, you mentioned something about... Uh, you mentioned about the hairdresser shop in Runaway Bride. Because I mentioned that this town looks like it only has space for one hairdresser. Yes. There we go. Yeah. Um... That would have been a good movie. Hairdresser Wars of like San Antonio, Texas or whatever. Like. <laughs> New Jersey. Uh, Yankers. <laughs> um, uh, anyways. Uh, yeah, like she, she's really, really interesting. And like what I liked as well, um, to the point where she was so great. And like the performance is so good that whenever she goes to call the police, um, I wanted to stay with her. I kind of yeah. wanted to follow her back to the town and see where her life goes, even though we kind of know. Um, rather than go with him because you know what's going to happen. It was like, she, yeah, which is, it is so, it's uncommon for any movie to have a side character that's that interesting. And I got that scene with the guns, like, because you could, she's, getting such a thrill from it yeah and it's like it's it's scary it's more it's almost more scary than he is with the guns because he's kind of like dead inside whereas like she is still a person that has not seen war but is still affected by like but i love it as well that like uh if he had said will you come with me to this whorehouse you kind of think that she might do it yeah oh yeah yeah no like i think i think like she has her moment to leave him yeah. And she doesn't take it. So at that point, she's committed. She's, you know what I mean? It, it's like, it's, it's, um, it's fucking true romance. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, she's, that's it. She's in it now. Um, God, I love that movie. I, someone put, put up a picture of it recently and I was like, yes, must rewatch that. Uh, let's watch a Sony Chiba <laughs> martial <laughs> arts movie. <laughs> But like, uh, yeah, I, I think as well that this movie, like the soundtrack, I think it's uh, particularly good. The, it is um, really good. And it did it really, really remind me of something I couldn't. I, I must look up that guy and see if he's done something. He probably had something else that like, given the sheer amount of your volume of 70s movies um, that I've like watched in particular, like within this kind of like new Hollywood style. Um, yeah, I think I think that part of it as well was that like there's such a high caliber of film even films that work within genre that this is it just didn't it wasn't i was trying actually what one did we do and you were like it's just we've done so many that were so good that it just wasn't because like i didn't hate it i just thought it was so silly at the end and that i never thought that that's where the that movie was going to bring me you know the, the the weird thing about this is that if you look at it structurally it's really a western and not a revenge thriller because if you're doing like Death Wish yeah. or whatever, usually it's the first act, like the very first mm. beginning, whatever. You show two scenes. Yeah, or no, it really builds itself up. To... If you look at the structure of like even my darling Clementine, this yeah. is, it's quite mirrored. Let's say person dies, then there's a lull and a build up to the final shootout. Mm. So like people that thought that it was a revenge th- thriller that it, like it, action is peppered throughout. I don't think that the action is played I for excitement either. Don't more know. brutally, it's grim. Like oh Jesus! Like just oh God! Like not even whenever they're torturing him, but just look on his face and like God, that scene whenever he gets your man to like tie him up and oh, uh, it's one of the it's most dark up. scenes. I, like, but it's so well played as well. The the this movie is a very like the the reason also why her character works 
is that I, this movie is a very good criticism of hypermasculinity that is yeah. present in the American culture. Mm. Even to the sense it's like, we can fix shit by ourselves. Yeah. Like the pure American... You're not a car mechanic, but God forbid you fucking take your car to the mechanic because you're a man. Yeah. You're going to fucking fix your car. Yeah. You're a man. You're supposed to like fucking do this just shit. Just come back yeah. and never talk about the war again. Just yeah. go back to, you know, like, just go back and just be, you know what I mean? Like, be the father, be the husband again, because you're a fucking man. And it's like, even though this is the 70s and everything is becoming like... Oh, well, you say that, like, bury it or whatever. Like, I remember I was talking to James about, like, burying emotion. Yeah. And he sent me a, a, a link to Talladega Nights. The Will Farrell and uh, John C. Riley are just like having dinner together yeah and john c Wiley goes i'm really tired of coming second you know maybe i i could win one race you know and uh if fucking uh, uh <laughs> will farrell goes oh no no never that's a silly idea whatever and uh, john c Wiley goes yeah it really makes me feel bad but uh, I, I think I would just have to bury it then. And Will Farrell goes, yeah, yeah, you fucking bury that shit and never mention it again. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, uh, we're having, like, a... That is a very James response. Me and James also. are having, like, a heart-to-heart. And I said that it's, <laughs> oh, like, James. I feel, like, sometimes to bury these emotions. Mm. And James just quoted that without <laughs> me knowing it. And he's like, yeah, you bury that fucking shit and don't even fucking ever mention it again. And I was like... Okay, yeah. but every time, like I actually, well, like, I, mean, I mean, like sixty percent of the time, you don't know what James is talking about. Like. But, but relating to the back to this movie, like I, I did remember that quote, watching it, and I couldn't stop Brilliant. laughing, and it makes me feel like a psychopath to like actually laugh while watching this movie. Uh, yeah, it's, um, although I did laugh a, a little at some points, um, but not, at the movie kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I was like, <laughs> maybe you shouldn't love it. <laughs> Like, I do uh, love also, like, seeing, mm. like, early performance of actors that I love and, mm. like, just knowing where they're going to oh, get to. Tommy you kind Lee of Jones thing. forever. Like, he's so, God, he's so handsome. And you see the development of, like, the great boys because, like, the most attractive thing about him is his voice. Yeah. So, like, you see, like, the development of it and, like, you know, and it's so funny, like, looking at him young, like, whenever Josh Brolin plays him, and like he's so perfect playing young Tommy Lee Jones, it's disgraceful. Like in Men in Black Three or whatever, what was it? Those yeah, Men in Black Three, which I really, really enjoyed. No, four. You think? Yeah, I don't know. Th- no, no, it's three. Yeah, two is the one that like tanked the one that had like uh, yeah. and then, Johnny like, Knoxville or something. Oh yeah, I weirdly fancy him. But um, and like watching him and go and seeing obviously Josh Brolin's a lot older now, but like kind of seeing even when you think of young Josh Brolin, it's like yeah, it's just yeah, it's yeah. perfect. But uh, and like just it's he ha- it's the I I love his little mannerisms as well and like even even in this when he is so young and he's not given a massive amount to do. Um, but what what he has to do, he does yeah. so well. Yeah, just put your sunglasses on and bury it. <laughs> like the the fucking bit when he's like that I mentioned in the beginning the like that scene in the whorehouse when he's just putting like the oh, girl that, is kissing yeah. him whatever That's he's funny. putting the yeah. gun. Even, I even her i thought her performance yeah. was very good which was like then whenever a lot of the other side characters were kind of crap it was because like she was really good yeah. even like even the other prostitute that comes over to him is great like they're um 
Yeah, and just that scene is so funny. Like when she's just and he's just like not paying any attention. She's like, she's like, relax, relax. And, but no, actually, as well. Whenever he goes and he orders the beer, and she comes over to him, and he's just like, lead on, <laughs> and then follows her up the thing. I'm like, you, he's so cool. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, it's ridiculous. Like it, it really it makes you pencil. like be able to uh, see him in uh, the fugitive. That it's another <laughs> amazing. Have you seen the fugitive? No. Oh my god. Uh, like I'm not even gonna fucking ruin it. I was gonna do the quote, the <laughs> quote from the fugitive. Um, since you haven't seen it, actually that might be a pick. I no. was waiting for you to get there. Um, <laughs> you see the fucking wheels turning oh, yeah, in my yeah, head. Yeah, yeah. It's always so slow. It's like, come on, uh, <laughs> come on, you can do it. Uh, we should probably get to, to favorite things. Yeah. So, what's your favorite thing about the movie? Hmm. Comedy Jones. No, he's, he's not in it enough to. No, I think the same with the kid because it's just so. And the flag and the kid is really good as well. Like it's, yeah, I really feel the the distance between them and how he doesn't know how to talk to him and he's you know it's oh, just really well handled. Like either that or the cinematography because the cinematography is just like beautiful. But it's Jordan Cronenworth. Yeah, like Jeff the... Jordan. No, Cronenworth. Sorry, I'm confusing. Yeah, sorry. Go on. That it's kind of you're watching like in every shot, like even the 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 shot when he turns the car on her, and it, like the camera is yeah. really low, and like the pebbles are going at the camera. Yeah, and you're like, I I was just watching this movie because I've seen it a few times, so yeah. I was just watching more than anything to remember everything, mm. and I was just lo- looking at shots going like. Mwah. Yeah. Mwah. Yeah. yeah. No, the uh, darkness. Like he's really because he, him and Gordon Willis are obviously contemporaries, and you really there's there's a lot of crossover there yeah. in styles, and obviously with Gordon Willis it would have been even darker. But yeah, I, I love that. I love that about the seventies, the turn the cinematography yeah. took, even in the sixties as well. But like, oh yeah. Actually, I'll, so uh, good. I should uh, uh, send to you the, the there's a video about the guy that. Uh, developed the shooting style for uh, sitcoms yeah uh, he was the guy a cinematographer of citizen kane because he used it as a challenge because nobody could do it yeah like before the, the three cameras yeah that it was like lighting simultaneously for three cameras and everything else yeah and also like how it hasn't changed because he made it, it was so, so perfect, perfect yeah. to begin with that there was no way uh but also how he was still doing interesting shit with the cameras yeah at the same time that like the the problem when you develop something as great as that is that like uh, because it was hello lucy the first show yeah, that, yeah, uh, yeah. Like, uh, that it was done that way yeah and it's really interesting how he came up with that also affected the the makeup is that the people had lucy? to wear or something Lucy. Uh, I love Lucy. I love Lucy. Yeah, yeah. I was like, hello Lucy? That's not right. Even like yeah. how it changed the way that makeup was applied because they had to make everything so bright that they had to put like almost to kill the shine and everything yeah. too. So they weren't like blown out. Yeah. Kind of thing. That and magic TV makeup. Obviously not as bad now when they have like soft lighting. And also um, the, his decision to shoot with a live audience. Yeah. So like it's kind of like interesting. I'll send you the, the link. It's uh but uh, my favorite thing is, uh, I think it's William Devane's performance. I think mm. that also, I do part- like him. partly as well as because I think it's so derided incorrectly. It's kind of gives me 
like the what if because he would have been so good and so like because he has a very big range as an actor mm. and much like we were talking about Maya Rudolph in the last episode mm. that you don't see enough of Will and Devane it's almost a, a it's a career that what could have been, you know, like mm. that kind of. It's always that's always so interesting because we've had a good few of those. We are just like, oh, if only. That if you, you see, know? like he goes toe to toe with Tommy Lee Jones, even though Tommy Lee Jones is in the beginning of his career, mm. he's already a fantastic actor. Mm. And I think that William Devane has never put it like done an uninteresting performance or a bad one. Yeah, which is both very challenging things to do because sometimes you do disinteresting performances that are technically good they're just not brave they like he always finds an affectation or something with mm, the character to give the, the character something yeah that like even in his uh, movie that he does with jfk he picked up that jfk would always like kind of do a a kind of flick of his nose when thinking yeah, and uh, he uses that as an actor's tool. That is like that you position your entire in the... mind into yeah. this little thing. That is like when you're thinking, kind of going, and you can see then the wheels turn, oh. and it's like it's an in. He always found the in because he's like not a method actor. He's yeah, like yeah. A, a very. He I think he'll need something in the moment. To I get think in for there. this movie, like he said, that it was like tr- him trying to put the cigarettes back in the box. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Like yeah. the he go- and what- then the later on with the bullets. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that it was kind of like this moment that it was like, yeah, it's, it, that's not the part that is missing. Yeah. The, the the this is not the the amputation. The amputation was of a part of him that nobody else can see. Yeah. And I think that it is like, uh, and like. I said that one of the reasons that I picked this movie was because we were kind of in a row of like supposedly happy movies. <laughs> and uh, I wanted something like uh, a little bit darker, mm. you know, a little bit more Which pitch black. it is. <laughs> Jesus, it's gross. It's absolutely pitch black. Like, yeah. that's, like I know that we've mentioned a few times, but that scene of the torture is something that has haunted me for yeah, so long. Fucked up, like Jesus. Yeah. And it's so well executed as well. Like, we're not saying that it's... Like, it is intentionally... Yeah, it's very uncomfortable. Yeah, in a way that I didn't think the robbery was. But, um, yeah, uh, what was your least favorite thing? Uh, Like, the whole kind of side story I forgot that guy even existed until I read it. Though I put it at the bottom of my notes because I was like, yeah, that didn't work. And even, like, the... It's like, why is this uh, here? What's the name of... You know the, the... uh, the black guy in uh, Hot Tub Time Machine. What's his name? Uh, he's in the I, office as well. I've never seen Hot Tub Time Machine. Um, oh, it's a comedian guy. He's in a few Will Ferrell movies. Like he's a comedic performer. There's a character that he plays in Brooklyn Nine Nine, which is two episodes in a row with a reference yeah, to Brooklyn Nine Nine. Randomly enough, that uh, uh, he's always like an informant or like a robber like he's always like somebody that the police has to deal with yeah but they uh, he's always like fucking them over and that scene when your man is like trying to bribe him and it's like it's five dollars and it's like he was here when that information be five dollars <laughs> yeah. more it felt like something out of a fucking jude apatow comedy yeah, and yeah. i was like was so oh my strange. god like, why like, is this here and yeah and i mean like there's an awful lot of like you know not fantastic portrayal of like mexicans it's a bit kind of yeah it's uh, uh 
very 70s problem that is like yeah. you cross the border and suddenly you're in a different yeah. it's the same like it's a, it has a very from dusk till dawn issue yes that is oh like oh my god yes that a lot of people <laughs> fucking forget how fucking bad from dusk to dawn is yes. and it gets away with it because the director is mexican quote-unquote because no you're a mexican-american that obviously fucking forgot yeah. To portray your people in a way that is not absolutely fucked in the brain. Uh, what was your least favorite thing? My least favorite thing. I think the robbery, because that was the turning point for me. Yeah. It just, just didn't work. Jesus. Yeah, just nothing about it. Even whenever like his kid and his wife come in. And I just like, ugh. No, it's very, very disappointing. So like this is kind of a uh, meta the like this episode this is your revenge thriller <laughs> yes uh no i didn't I'm, I'm i joking, didn't i didn't hate it like i really didn't i just it completely went off a cliff and i was yeah. like oh dear but uh there's still things in it that i did really like and her in particular like she's really good um yeah like i, I think it, for better or worse like i picked it in a way because i thought that it'd be a very different film pace. that'll be but yeah. I, so I, I don't think we've ever done a film that it is this fucking oppressively dark without having Nazis in it no but not only Nazis I think is that the is that there's no big evil even the the guys being they're just thieves they're just like run on the mill think in a way like is the performances that are bad but I think that they're designed to be run of the mill kind of shit people that like who rob veterans yeah like but it's not like that kind of oppressive evil that they like wrecked society and the town is under their thumb or yeah, something like that. No. They're just like They're random not violent like people. Anton Sugar, you know yeah. what I mean? Like this unkillable machine. And the the, the oppressiveness is all in Will and Devane's head. Yeah. And it just like permeates every other little part of the film. So I think the that that kind of brings mm. the, I, I the did, film together. I did I did like parts of it, so Cool. It was an interesting pick as well. Like it was a good change of pace, I think. Yeah. Also, like I've been looking forward to watching First Reformer as well. So, like, uh, oh. I felt like my brother said that speaking it is of, amazing kind of, of thing. Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it did look really interesting. He doesn't play Uruguay in the movie. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I always forget as well that Paul Schrader directed Dominion prequel to The Exorcist. Uh, oh yeah uh, Sir Kermode went on a mini rant and everybody's like he'd, he'd mentioned The Exorcist in his, in his review and people were like where are you trying to be doing this and he was like because he directed the fucking thing yeah it's just like okay <laughs> calm there, down there's also like a, a, I love just as a final point a quote from Paul Schrader mm. uh, for the movie uh, a Dog Eat Dog with Will and Defoe and Nicolas Cage <laughs> That it's about two gangsters then abduct a baby or whatever. Oh, good God. And it's like really bad, like B-movie sensibility, badly shot and everything. Like, Kermode hated. I still want to watch it because it's Nicolas Cage and Willem Dafoe uh, yeah, in mean, a mental movie, apparently. Yeah. That like half of the fucking film Nicolas Cage is doing the Humphrey Bogart impression for no reason. And oh. I just want to watch that. Like, yeah, regardless yeah. of what I mean, you, I'm, you think. I'm pretty sold on that. Like, And... Uh, uh, somebody uh, asked uh, Paul Schrader's like how did it feel to make this movie like which is a fairly broad question yeah Paul Schrader goes oh during my career I've been involved in many uh, prestige picture this was not one of them <laughs> hey 
Anyway, so uh, yeah, that was Rolling Thunder from 1977. Where can they find us, Ricardo? Where they can find us? Yes. They can find us on Facebook. They can find us on Twitter. They can find oh, uh, the recommendation game on Facebook <laughs> at the rec game on Twitter. The recommendation game at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on the Dublin Digital Radio Mix Cloud in every Monday, 11 to 12 on Dublin Digital Radio. And yeah, that's uh, it for this week. Uh, what is your choice for next week? The Arbor. Cool, back Doc. Doc, back Doc. Done documentary way. What's up, Doc? Ah, uh, yes. So, uh, <laughs> on that note, I was Arden Venus. And I was Ricardo Deacon. Thanks for listening. See you next week. <laughs>